My Time to Move On by Jennifer Ruff. Copyright 2018 by Jennifer, Jennifer Ruff. Jen Ruff.com. The odour of disinfectant chemicals and urine fills my nostrils. I don't usually notice it unless I'm wheeled from the room or brought outside for a bit of fresh air. It's been days, before, maybe weeks since that's happened. Torrential rain, drums, a steady beat on the roof. Unless he's against the glass window, I can't see. I kn- knew it was coming long before the first drops descended. A chilling creeping inside my brittle bones. A flare of arthritis in my aching joints. A bitter exhale breath that no one else hears escapes my throat. That's me laughing. If I could shake my head, I could I'd do that too. Especially melancholy. An incessant rain reminds me of my lost opportunities. My life wasn't supposed to end this way. When the right time arrived, I was to move on. Long ago, when my mother, wise beyond her years, first explained what, what would happen, what could have, should have happened, I drew back in horror, unable to swallow my disbelief. I couldn't imagine ever going through it with it. I remember sunlight flashing off her remarkable diamond. She placed a gentle, reassuring hand on my shoulder. I know it sounds horrible, but I mark my words, a time will come. We know it's the right thing to do. I promise, a time will come. I put aside a substantial amount of my inheritance. I'll call it my rainy day fund. Quite the understatement. The statue is more than enough to sustain a new life. Tucked inside a large combination safe, Beneath the hay loft on my farm, it's highly unlikely the money will ever be found. I trusted my mother. I trusted right up until the moment I realised she's wrong. My stroke came home morning. Didn't politely call to make a reservation. I mail a slave the date note card a few moments in advance. He didn't knock on the door and quietly wait for a signature. He really appeared with no regard to with my current or future plans and kicked the door in. One day I was out walking and reading, pushing a wheelbarrow across one of the fields. The next I was an invalid who couldn't speak or move. And now I've had enough. I'm ready to go. A young nurse's aide with sleek cone words enters my room. I'm pretty sure her name is Sarah. They're supposed to wear name tags, but they hardly ever do. With cat tricks clouding my vision, I can barely read them anyway. Afternoon, Mrs. Lapraid. I can't hear of a good hear a good in the greeting, but at least he's acknowledged my existence. I'm grateful for that because I wonder if I'm really laying in his bed, or it's all some horrible hallucination. The fat one, Louisa, stands in the doorway, blocking the light from the hallway. A wheezy breath gives her way. A terrible out. She's terribly out of shape. Maybe I'm like a. I'm like a pot calling the pedal. Kettle black. Except I have no control of my condition. I always got a strange feeling in this room. Sarah says to Louisa. Her words warm my near empty heart. She can sense there's something special inside me. Even she has no idea what it is. It used to happen all the time. But as I age, people didn't seem to sense so much anymore. Yeah, Sarah yanks the sheet down and under my chin, exposed to the air, my pale, 
papery skin prickles with goosebumps. Sire's sighs loud, long and loud. Louisa, you're going to just stand there? Lou, Sarah is always tired of this place. I believe she's only been here a few weeks. They never last. It's hard work. Hard on legs, hard on back. And hard on one's competitive compassion. It works best left to the others. But someone has to do it. Louisa, I need more help moving Mrs. Labrad. Sarah presses her hands against her hips. I can tell she's exasperated. But Louisa, I can't blame her. Louisa's lack of responsibility is shocking. Just leave her there, Louisa wipes her forehead with the back of her hand and scratches her belly. I, she doesn't know what's what. Ain't no one going to care if she doesn't get moved around today. Sarah frowns. That, what's what you said yesterday? Right. And see, there ain't nobody complained yet. Ain't nobody going to. That's where she's got to be. Important appointment? Got a big date? Louisa laughs and slaps her huge thigh. So this represents my only glimpse of humour. It's hardly funny. She pops down in the corner chair, her bulk spreading and settling. Lordy, I'm beat. Just going to sit here for a while. Louisa's lazy attitude astounds me. On my farm, I perform healthy and hard physical labour every day from the crack of dawn till the sun went down. No complaining, no shirking your duties. Louisa even grew tired of work. Here long ago, he didn't have the decency to quit or leave. Says she quit and stayed. The worst combination of all of us is the Havencroft nursing home who exists here at their, at their mercy. Sarah scowls at Louisa and then turns back to me. Her eyes scan my body. Most of her bottom lip is hiding under her top teeth. She's thinking there's no way she'll get me out of this bed alone. If she's not supposed to. Louisa is a lot stronger than she is. Okay, Sarah sells loudly. I just... I'll just change her. Leave her over... over at least, and she looks at me, really looks at me, something hardly someone does anymore. Mrs. Lamprod, I'm going to clean you up now, okay? Perhaps she hopes, I say, don't bother to save you the trouble. But I can't respond, I, I would very much like to be changed. Indeed, I'm certain I smell terrible. The persistent sharp stinging my backside, another bedstool is almost unbearable. Bearable. Mentally, I brace myself for all the indignities come as I roll from one bony hip to the other, and like an old sack of rotting potatoes. During the tugs and shoves, I just remind myself when people are completely dependent on others, you must be grateful for whatever care comes your way. After a few minutes, the ordeal is over. I feel more comfortable, or to be more accurate, less visible. Monetary the embarrassment has come and gone. Now that the work is done, Louisa pulls herself up from the chair with a, with a grunt. Leaving me uncovered, Sarah is halfway out of the door. I'm going to get new pads. I'm alone with Louisa. She plots toward me and hovers, lifting my small, vein-covered hand from the bed. She holds it in a big, fluffy rum. The stainless scent of cigarettes and coffee floats on her breath. Something I wish my sense of smell had faded. Oh boy, oh boy, you look 
You look at that rock. He's climbing, talking. And the ring my mother gave me on the bed, deathbed. And an ancient ferret hand in the edge room. Fair room, hair room. La, demon, demon. Those diamonds grounded, surrounded by blue, blood red garnets. Louisa glances at the doorway and the empty corridor before, staring right at me, her eyes gleaming. What should you be needing this for? Whatever, having the fever? But this idea of the power is wells. Clutches her ring and her mighty hands, fingers, and tugs. Isn't for the first or the second to try, unless count that failed at attempts. I know she didn't succeed, wouldn't succeed. I'm not sure if that knowledge is relief or disappointment. Ving wouldn't come off. I'd admit so many years of my sort of finger. Pattern band has now become part of me. I'm not leaving him unless my finger goes with it. My star gnarled drink. Joints cracked and scream out of her efforts, but the thing doesn't thing doesn't budge. She lets go. My aching hand drops off back to bed, infused with fresh new pain. I think she's given up, but I'm wrong. She turns to my bedside with a hand soap, and the edge sinks up edge. I hear the squash squish of the pump. A cold, slimy liquid surrounds my finger and oozes down my wrist. With her fat features scrunched in concentration, she seems determined. Perhaps she was a child, her children at home, and needs shoes and shoes. Electric bills she can't pay. Her question is a valid one. What do I need the expensive ring for? It doesn't help me move or talk. It isn't key to, to my memories. The time for, for its purpose is on pass. At the very least, the ring is worth £10,000. Of dollars. If he managed to get it, I should be happy, even if in my condition. condition. Hope I may be able to make someone's life a little better. Although I would prefer the ring went to anyone but her. She keeps pulling perspiration, coating her forehead, droplets rolling down her temple, over her cheek. Excuse me, the soft, rarely used voice of my neighbour, Mrs. Murphy, calls out behind the curtain as separates us. Excuse me. Excuse me. The soft voice raised, you ready used to voice to my neighbour. Mrs. Murphy calls out from behind the garden separators. Excuse me, she's a sweet elderly lady. Like me, she lays bed every day and never has visitors. Also, she's kind enough to talk to me, even though I can't, can't respond. I have much to share, but my end of our conversation remains locked in my head. She coughs and clears her throat. Can you please bring me some water? When you give her a chance, oh, hey, I'm very thirsty. Later, Louisa's voice sounds harsh irritated. I'm doing something else right now. But that's not all, Louisa says. As she grips my fingers and yanks with all her might, she mutters, You ain't thirsty from... Just lying there, you old bag. Maybe I'll find you out what really what real first feels like. A powerful crack of thunder shakes the wall and fits something inside me. Changes, I cannot stop myself. There's something rancid and fresh 
frustrating sight of Eden's call. I feel my mind recite the spell I learned the same day of my other A powerful crack of thunder shakes the walls and something inside me changes. I cannot stop myself. There's something rancid and frustrating inside Louisa's core. I still my mind of sight and spell. I learned from the same day my mother bestowed me a ring, a spell I recently believed I would never, ever use. <laughs>